At Gates, we are passionate about the Word of God. We hope the message you are about to listen to empowers you today. We've been talking about the Trinity of man, the three parts of man. And I'm going to read it, two different passages of Scripture that I believe talk about the Trinity of man better than anything else. And I'm reading these two passages today, when I get to them here in a moment. I'm going to read these two passages as an encouragement for you to go and read and study these two passages because they, they talk about spirit, soul, and body better than any other passages in the Bible. I mean, there's many things said about spirit, soul, and body. But these two passages really bring revelation. They brought revelation to my life in causing me to be aware that I am a three-part being. But first and foremost, I'm a spirit man, as we've talked about. And 1 Thessalonians 5.23 says this. This has been our foundational scripture, one of them. Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you. In other words, set you apart completely. And may your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. How can that be? At the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is coming back to the earth. There's no question about that. Anybody that's born again, people, people that are born again fight about all kinds of things. They disagree and all this kind of th- stuff. But everybody's in agreement. Jesus is coming back. Amen? But when he comes back, the scripture there, the prayer that Paul prayed for Timothy and encouraged Timothy in was that we would be blameless when we're face to face before him. How can that be? I'm telling you, it's when you understand spirit, soul, and body. When you understand that you are a spirit created like God because he's spirit, you have a soul, a mind, will, and emotions that lives in a physical body. And when you understand that your spirit and you start developing a life where you're developing and maturing your spirit man through the Word of God and the Spirit of the, the, the Holy Spirit, and you're maturing your spirit man, then you're not living your life. Your flesh is not doing what your unrenewed mind wants to do. Now your mind is being renewed and your whole spirit, your whole soul, and your whole body are doing what God wants it done. The more you understand that, the more you walk in humility because true humility is not being like beat down. True humility is walking in the confidence that everything that God says is so, I can have and I can walk in it just because He said it. True humility is just acknowledging His greatness, not yours. It's all because of His. And this other verse of Scripture that we've read out of Numbers 14 about Caleb, verse 24, Numbers 14, 24, I want to read this again today. It says, but my servant Caleb, because he has a different spirit in him, has followed me fully. I will bring into the land where he went, and his descendants shall see it also. Because he had a different spirit. That's what I say over myself every day. Lord, I I declare as Caleb, he had a different spirit. I declare today, I have a different spirit. Can you say amen to that? I have a different spirit. You and I have a different spirit, meaning 
We're not allowing our spirit man to be contaminated with the ways of the world. We're allowing the Holy Spirit to reveal to our human spirit who we are in Him. Can you say amen? Who we are in Him and who He is in us. And the more I understand that, the more I, I live in a place of living on top and not underneath. Can you say amen? You and I have a different spirit in the name of Jesus. So, I want to read these two passages today to you. And my whole message is going to be in these two passages of Scripture, starting with Romans chapter 8 and verse 1. <clears throat> and remember, we're talking about the Trinity, spirit, soul, and body. And so, as I go through this, I'm going to define what these, this, this passage here is saying about spirit, soul, and body. Okay? And I want you to listen to the absolutes. And remember, I'm giving you homework today. You need to go home and read these two passages of Scripture. Actually, you need to read the whole chapter. I'm not reading the whole chapter today, but you need to read the whole chapter of Romans chapter 8. And you need to spend some time meditating on it, and it would benefit you to read it in different translations. That's some of the best study that I've done in my life. When I got born again, somebody taught me that in my early years of being born again. Read things in different translations and let the Holy Spirit reveal to you what He's trying to get over to you. So I'm saying something to you today, but I'm giving you Scripture and you have the Holy Spirit and He'll reveal truth to you that you didn't get out of this message. But it'll come because of the Word that was preached. That's how vitally important that is. Verse 1. There is therefore now no condemnation, no condemnation. Do you hear the absolute there? Hmm. There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. And in this passage here, the word flesh is used, in, at least in the New King James, the the. the the word flesh is used, and the flesh, that word is defined as carnal. It, it's talking about the senses of man, what, what you see and what you hear and what you taste and what you smell and what you feel, the senses of man. And the senses of man are affected, they affect the soul of man, the mind, the will and emotions of man, and the physical body of man. And a person that is not developing a life in the Spirit of God is being moved and ruled by what they see, how things appear to be, how things feel, you know, your feelings. Well, you know, I just didn't feel it. Well, that feeling thing will, will lead you astray, see, because only the Spirit of God can show you what's truly right. But he said there's no condemnation, so... So if I'm not being led by my flesh, if I'm not being led by my senses, if I'm not being led by the way things appear to be, but I'm developing inside of me how to be moved by what I don't see and what I know on the inside of me, then I can live a life free from condemnation. I don't know about you, but that's a, that's a really good plus. Can you say amen to that? He said, for the law of the Spirit of life that's in Christ Jesus... 
made me free from the law of sin and death. For what the law could not do in that it was weak through the flesh, like we just defined, God did by sending His Son in the likeness of sinful flesh on account of sin. He condemned sin in the flesh that the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us who do not walk according to the flesh but according to the Spirit. So the whole thing that happened against mankind in the Garden of Eden when Adam and Eve gave it up and the enemy took over and for 4,000 years that, that law of sin and death was now ruling over mankind. When Jesus came, you remember the story when Jesus was talking to the religious man Nicodemus and he said, um, he told Nicodemus that a man must be born again and he was confused about that but before he said that, he said that which is born of the flesh is flesh and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. And what he did is he came and fulfilled what Adam and Eve gave up and how they threw in the towel and they allowed the enemy to be in control in the earth. He came to deliver us and set us free, but he came to deliver us spiritually. See, your soul is, is being born again every day. Your flesh will be born again at the coming of the Lord Jesus or you being face to face before Him. What's born again in you is your spirit man. What was born a second time, that which is flesh is flesh, that which is spirit is spirit. But you've got to understand how the enemy is working overtime to wear you out if you're not learning and developing what it means to live in the Spirit. We talk about this all the time, and I say it to you, but it's worth repeating right now. Your human spirit, when you were created, when you were conceived in the womb, the moment you were conceived, I don't care what anybody else says, the moment you were conceived, you had a whole body, a whole soul, and a whole spirit. The body developed, the soul began to develop in the womb, By the time of birth, you've got all kinds of things. There are things that have already affected the way your life will be. Your parent, if your parents were having difficult times, then you experience the difficulties because of your soul and your flesh. When you're birthed into the earth, you're still, your spirit man is like a, is like a, a, a deflated balloon. It's there. It's, it's, it's there. It's present there. But it's not been blown up. It's not become alive. It's not in working form and fashion. That's why in the early years of a child's life, those development years are so vitally important, you know? And, you know, everybody, I'm not saying that like, you know, we did the perfect job of that because I promise you, my parents didn't. They didn't know anything. Most people didn't know anything, and if you didn't know how to develop your children in those ways, see, it's difficult for them to accept something they can't see when they've been ruled by everything they do see. Verse of Scripture that, that goes with that, just, just these two verses, I, I want to read these, I'm coming right back to what we're talking about. He said, in 2 Corinthians four seventeen and 18... He said, for our light affliction, which is but for a moment, is working for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory while we do, while we do not look at the things which are seen, 
but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporary, but the things that are not seen are eternal. The seen and not seen have to do with the flesh and the spirit. See, the things in the flesh, in the natural, the things you see, they're temporary. This pulpit right here is temporary. If I threw it down there and asked several people to dismantle it, it wouldn't be a pulpit anymore. Huh? It is subject to change. Can you say amen to that? Everything in the natural is subject to change. Everything. Everything you see with these eyes, you hear with these ears, the thoughts you have in your soul, everything that appears to be one way is subject to change. But the only thing that will change it is God's Word being revealed to your spirit man and your spirit man growing up So in the process of your spirit man growing up, you have to use your soul to do that. So your soul automatically begins to be renewed with the way God thinks instead of the way you've thought in the past. We don't understand that. If we don't understand, if the church doesn't understand this in the future, there's no revival. I shared with you on Wednesday night, gave you a definition. One of the definitions of revival is this, and I like this definition. Revival is, when there's revival, there's restoration of force, of validity, or effect. And, and, and what revival brings is 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 the resurrection of force and the validity and the effectiveness of the kingdom. Knowing that God's kingdom, which is His way of doing and operating in the earth, is more effective than anything you think or see or feel or taste or touch. But you've got to believe that. And you don't believe that? you will continually be talked out of things in the natural realm. Just the way it works. Can you say amen? So, what that 2 Corinthians 4 that I just read, those two verses, have to do with the seen and unseen, the temporary or the eternal, have to do with the flesh and the spirit. It depends on what you give time and attention to. That's why I get, I'm reading these passages of Scripture today and encouraging you to go and read the whole chapters of these two passages because they talk about spirit, soul, and body. And the more you understand that, the more you're set up for the Shekinah glory of God manifesting in and through your life, our lives, our presence here. We open ourselves up to God's glorious presence in everything that we do when we understand what I'm telling you today. Can you say amen? So he says, I'm going back to um, Romans 8. So he says, for those who live according to the flesh... They set their minds on the things of the flesh. But those who live according to the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. 
For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. The word death there is defined as not ceasing to exist, it's destruction. So I'll read that again. He said, For those who live according to the flesh, they set their minds on the things of the flesh. But those who live according to the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. For to be carnally minded is death or, or, or set yourself up for destruction, but to be spiritually minded is a life of peace. To be spiritually minded, you can go look at the nine fruits of the Spirit, and those fruits are what manifest to people that give place to the Spirit of God. Now, I'm not going to spend time on this today, but, but it, it's, we teach this a lot when we teach about the Holy Spirit in, in our series on the Holy Spirit. But your conscience, your conscience is the voice of your spirit. My spirit and the Holy Spirit are one. When I got born again, they became one. So you think about this. We're talking about the Holy Spirit, the one that knows everything about everything in life. Everything. He knows everything about everything. And I'm one with Him. then why would I spend more time in my life me trying or attempting to get things in the natural straight instead of going to Him about what to do and then doing what He says and learning to develop that type of a lifestyle? Because most people you tell, well, you know, you you just got to hear from God. What the heck does that mean? Right? I got to hear from God, okay, so what? I got to hear him out of the clouds or I got to do whatever? No, no. You know, if it, to, to me, this is the best example I've ever gotten, okay, in understanding how to hear God from his word, all right? <clears throat> I can remember in school going into the, I think it was the seventh grade, back in those days, I think in the seventh grade, isn't that where? Seventh grade, isn't that where algebra started? My wife blocked that out of her mind, yeah. <clears throat> anyway, but, but I think algebra started in my day in the seventh grade. When does it start today? Eighth grade? Okay, so maybe it was eighth grade that it started. Anyway, so I, I knew math up to a certain place, and I liked math. I like math today. And for some reason, algebra just clicked with me. But when they started talking algebra, right, it was kind of like a foreign language. So see, when you, when you start reading or hearing things about God and you've never heard it before, it's kind of like a foreign language. First time I ever heard somebody teach on this, and I went forward, I was almost 18 years old, and I heard a guy named Charles Capps preach the word. I was almost 18 years old at a, at a youth conference in Truth or Consequences, New Mexico. And I'm thinking, and the only reason I was there was 
not for the Word. It was for other things. And so I went, and when I heard this guy talk, I'm thinking, he's either a liar or everybody's been lying to me. I remember thinking that. And my life changed, and things began to change in my life from then on because I chose to accept what I heard and started developing a relationship with God through His Word. But see, like with algebra, okay, I heard it, I'm thinking, well, man, that's different from what I've heard before. You know, the last seven years in the math that I've learned up to this point, this is what he's talking about now is totally different. Yeah. So what I'm talking to you about today, it may sound like a foreign language. Well, you know, I don't know. know, It just depends on whether you are going to take what I'm telling you today and go to the Word yourself and allow the Holy Ghost to show you that it's true. That's where you learn to hear His voice through the Word like like I would hear things and know things about algebra as I would, as I learned, and I learned about algebra, and I, and I heard my teacher, and I went to my book, and I studied it, and I got better with it. Then when I, then when I went to take a test, it was like, hey, I know that. I know how to do that. Oh, yeah, that's how you get, that's how you get that answer. You know, because, because for so many people, trying to get the answer to an, an, an algebraic problem is what's so difficult. Because they miss certain little components in there that you have to interject. If you don't, you're going to miss it, and the answer is going to be way off. But that's the way it is with the kingdom, see? But yet, we have His mercy and His grace. When we're not getting it, His mercy and grace is there to cover you. My algebra teacher didn't. Hmm? See, we're in a win-win. You can't lose with God. My algebra teacher, you know, now nah, you made a 40 on that test. That's it. I, you, you don't get a second chance. Oh, but where's the mercy and grace? Not here. Amen. But thank God it is with the kingdom. Amen. It is with the kingdom of God. And when I'm ruled by what I see, how I feel, how the natural looks, how the flesh says it's so, when I'm ruled by that and I'm choosing to make changes and alterations in my life, as I choose the word, it takes time to renew my mind. That's why your daily routine of confessing the Word daily and developing that yourself is so vital. That's why we're teaching a class on that in our Connect Equips. How to develop a daily routine and what that really looks like with the Word of God. Death and life in your life, death or destruction, life or blessing in your life determines what comes out of your mouth. That's where it all starts. But the Holy Spirit, the person, the Holy Spirit, your conscience will begin to speak things to you at times when your mind's screaming one thing, but yet you're developing your spirit, man, and from your spirit, your conscience says, no, 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 that's not right. This is right. And that's what you're, that, that's what you're working towards daily in your life to know that God is who He says He is. And that's why these passages here that I'm reading to you in Romans 8 are so vital. And, it, and, it, and it's important that you can take what's being said here and break it down and apply it to your life. So important. So he says, <clears throat> last verse we read, for to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Because the carnal mind, watch this, the carnal mind, the carnal mind, 
that, that the person that is moved by what they see and how things appear to be, the carnal mind, is enmity against God. Or uh, probably a, a, a better word is, um, is it's, it's destructive. He said, because the carnal mind is destructive against God. It's hostile is the word I'm thinking of. It's hostile against God. Watch this. For it is not subject to the law of God nor, or the word of God, nor indeed can be. So then, those who are in the flesh cannot please God. Why? Because the only way to please God is by faith. Right? Hebrews eleven six. But you are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit, if indeed the Spirit of God dwells in you. See, you're in the Spirit because if you're born again, then you have, he's, what he's saying in that verse there, you have the capability of understanding this and making this work. Say this after me. I can do it. Amen? You and I can do this. Listen to me, the nation is depending on you and I doing this. The nation is depending on people, not just focused on some revival experience, but letting revival internally. You you, you don't have to have something that's happening like at Asbury. Thank God for it. Everybody say, thank God for it. But you don't have to have that to be stirred yourself. Because you have the Spirit of God, you have the Word of God, and you have the ability daily to renew your mind and strengthen yourself internally to be able to have what you need to overcome every situation and humble yourself under the mighty hand of God. Experiences are great, and there'll be more of them. And I'm believing all over this nation, what they're experiencing at Asbury and some of the other colleges already is, are, are, is like, a, is like a, a wave across this nation that are affecting the young people of this nation. I'm believing it now. I'm standing. And it's our part to pray for that. We've been praying for that. We've been making those declarations every day of our lives. We've been declaring that and things are happening. You know, it, it, it's not coincidental all of the things even in in, you know, Hollywood television, movies, and those kind of things. What the chosen has done is helped to spark this. There's a, a new movie out with the guy that plays Jesus in The Chosen. What's, what's that called? Jesus Revolution? Right. That's coming out to theaters. You need to go see it. I mean, it, it's doing some supernatural things, and it's stirring people to want to know God. Did you hear what I said? That these aren't cheesy movies, cheesy series. The Chosen is one of the most fantastic series. If you haven't watched The Chosen, it's free. You have no excuse. Go watch it. Go start watching it from, from season one. Uh, we just ended season three. Yeah, so season four is next. But if you haven't, li- you haven't watched these three seasons, man. And, you know, and I'm not saying everything doctrinally is perfect and it's all, come on, what's doctrinally perfect other than me? <laughs> God, I'm glad you laughed. Woo, glory. You, you understand, not everything perfect, but I'm telling you, if you're not listening to The Chosen, I, I'm commanding you to go watch it. 
It'll change your life, literally. It will, it will add to the life-changing spirits that's already working in your life right now. Can you say amen to that? But amazing things are happening in the earth right now. But he said, <clears throat> but, but you're not in the flesh, but in the spirit, if indeed the spirit of God dwells in you, and it does. If, it, if it's dwelling in you today, then you have the capability of tapping the things of the spirit and not the things of the flesh. Can you say amen to that? Um, the seventh verse of Romans 8, I want to read this in the Passion, just the seventh verse, and then I'm going to look at my next passage and we'll end with this. The seventh verse of Romans 8 in the Passion Translation says this, in fact, the mind, the mindset focused on the flesh fights God's plan and refuses to submit to His direction because it cannot. That's why you need to read these passages in different translations. I'll read this again. In fact, the mindset focused on the flesh fights God's plan. Dang. Why would I want to fight God's plan? He knows everything about everything. Why would I want to fight Him? But that's what we do, not, not intentionally. We've all fought God's plan. I don't care who you are. But he said, it fights God's plan and refuses to submit to His direction because it cannot. Well, we got, only you can remove the cannot. And, and you know where you start that? Well, Lord... I'm struggling in this and even what pastor's saying, but I know that Philippians 4 and verse 13 says, I can do all things through Christ who is my strength. I can do all things. So you're not doing it in yourself. You're not good enough to do this. You're not good enough to change your life like this. Only he can. You have to do it his way, and that's why I'm reading these passages to you. 1 Corinthians 2, starting with verse 9, and I'm going to read these five verses here. 2 Corinthians 2, no, 1 Corinthians 2 and verse 9. But as it is written, eye has not seen nor ear heard, nor has it entered the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. So what, what did he say? Eye has not seen, not, you're not going to get it from the flesh, huh? nor ear heard the carnal, the flesh, you're not going to get it there. Nor has it entered the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. But God has, everybody say has. What does that mean? That's already done. It's past ten. It's already accomplished. But God has revealed them. Revealed what? What he's done for us. He has revealed them to us through his spirit. That's why you have to know you are a spirit that has a soul, mind, will, and emotions, lives in a body, and that your soul and your body are controlling things that are not the best for your life, and you've got to choose that God has already revealed to me who I am in Him, who He is to me, what I can do and what I can accomplish, and all that He wants to give me and do for me. He's already revealed that, so i got to tap into that. By developing my life through the Spirit of God. Watch what he says. 
But God has revealed them to us through His Spirit. For the Spirit searches all things, yes, the deep things of God. For what man knows the things of a man except the Spirit of the man which is in him? See, that's why if you're spending time trying to judge other people, man, you're wasting your time. You don't, it doesn't matter what it looks like in the natural. If you're moved by what someone else is doing based on what you see, you don't know what God's dealing with them about. You don't know how God's dealing and trying to to get to the root of the problems or the issues in their life. You have no clue what's going on in that person's life. No man knows the thoughts of another man except the Spirit of God that's in him. So you're wasting your time. I promise you, you're a piece yourself. Hmm? And, and you need all the help you can get. I promise you, you are. You, you me, we are. Huh? We need help. He made you to need help, but he wanted you to get help from the helper. Mm. Amen? So don't go telling somebody today, you know, pastor called me a piece. Yeah, go ahead and tell them. That's all right. Now, we have received... Let me, let me read that, that last verse I just read. He said, For what man knows the things of a man except the spirit of the man that is in him, even so no one knows the things of God except the spirit of God. Right? Now, we've received not the spirit of the world but the Spirit who is from God, that we might know the things that have been freely given to us by God. I don't need to say anything else. I don't need to preach anything else about anything. We could just come back and read that verse of Scripture right there and encourage you every day that you need to be developing a life of understanding and hearing the voice of God, knowing the Word of God, being revealed to you by the Holy Spirit because He is here to reveal to you the things He's already done for you. How many of you know today that you are healed? You are healed. Okay? If you don't know that today, you just need to develop that. You need to know He already healed you. If He didn't, then you're not saved. He saved you, He healed you, He delivered you, He set you free. And every time something comes against you, He doesn't go back to the cross to heal you again. He's already healed you. By His stripes, I am healed. Just in the last couple of days, something physically attacked my body. Physically attacked my body. And, and when it came at my body, it was kind of violent. But I knew that I knew that I knew. I, I was around the Le Mans and I just had to tell them, I, I've got to step away from this. They spoke over my body. I spoke over my body. My wife and I spoke over my body. Today I'm well. No symptoms, not even one symptom. Not one. Amen? I, had, I needed some work done on my body and... Uh, 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 Brian Brzezinski worked on my body at the same time, and I knew that that was right, 
and that helped it, but, but what, what brings it to pass is me knowing that I'm healed. So if you take medicine or you take aspirin or you get somebody to align your body or you do something like whatever, you're doing it, but you're doing it by faith in God because of what He already did. See, I'm healed. I thank God for people that know things and thank God for doctors that know certain things or whatever, but they're not the answer. He's the answer. Can you say amen? And if He's not the answer to you, that's what needs to be developed. Just keep developing that. That's what he's talking about. To know the things that have been freely given to us by God. Now watch. Where do you get these? You say, yeah, okay. So how do I know these things? Glad you ask. These next two verses are the key to knowing the things of God that you need to know. He said, these things we also speak not in words which man's wisdom teaches, but which the Holy Spirit teaches, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. I want to read that verse in the New Living Translation. It's verse 13 of 1 Corinthians 2. And in the New Living, it says it like this. When we tell you these things, we do not use words that come from human wisdom. Instead, we speak words given to us by the Holy by the Spirit, using the Spirit's words to explain spiritual truths. Spirit words are praying in other tongues. I can pray in other tongues standing right here. I don't have to get down at, at the altar here and get on my knees and get in a position or whatever. Tongues, the tongue that I have that I received when I was baptized in the Holy Ghost, is part, it's, it's part of my language. And it develops, it increases all the time. I can go on and on. We could stand here for another hour and I could pray in other tongues. And that's been developed in me over the years. But that's what he's talking about right here. When we tell you things, we do not use words that come from human wisdom. Instead, we speak words given to us by the Spirit, using the Spirit's words to explain spiritual truths. So when I pray in 1 Corinthians 14, it says we pray in the Spirit, and then we pray with the understanding. So what praying in the Spirit does is it gives me internal understanding when I know the Word. See, I have to know the Word, and then I have to know the person of the Spirit, and I get to know Him as I get baptized in the Holy Spirit with the evidence of praying in other tongues. So when I pray in other tongues, I pray with understanding, and He shows me things about my life and direction for my life. Remember the verse we read earlier? It, it, when, you're, when you're carnal and you're in the, in the soul and, and, and you're in your unrenewed mind, you're, it's enmity against God. It's hostile against God, right? And, and, and it cannot receive direction from God and show you what to do and how to do it. It takes this, connecting God's words 
with natural words. So I pray in the Spirit, then I pray with the understanding. And when I pray with the understanding, I begin to get things that in the natural, I could have never gotten from God. So I'm going to end with these two verses back to the New King James. He said, so the next verse says, verse 14, but the natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God for their foolishness to him, watch this, nor can he know them because they are spiritually discerned. But he who is spiritual judges all things, yet he himself is rightly judged by no one. For who has known the mind of the Lord that we may instruct him? We have the mind of Christ. People will say, well, you know, you just never know what God can do. But, but wait a minute. No one knows the thoughts of God except the Spirit of God, and the Spirit of God is in me. My Spirit and, and the Holy Spirit are one, so I can't know things about the Spirit of God unless I tap into what the Holy Spirit is showing me. And how do we do that? I just gave you the plan. And I gave you the instruction how to develop that plan by going and reading these two passages and spending some time in it. And looking at these two passages through different translations. It will help your life. It will support your life. It will build your life. It will strengthen your life. It will show you things that you've never known in life. And I'm telling you today, this right here, what I'm talking about, is part of the revival in the land that has to take place. There has to be, as I was defining that word revival uh, earlier to you, there has to be the restoration of the force of the kingdom, the validity of the kingdom, that the kingdom is really real. See, the kingdom of God you can't see with these eyes. You can't taste it. You can't touch it. You can't feel it. I mean, the more you're, you're developing the kingdom internally, it's like you can feel it. You can see it. You see it everywhere. But it's not a kingdom you build in the natural. And the way you overtake the kingdoms of this world are by developing the kingdom of God. And how do you do that? You, you take over the world one person at a time. Not by, in a military way, going after the governments of the world. You take over by you believing and then your belief oozing out of your pores and touching the next, next person and the next one and the next one. Revival isn't going to happen in a stadium. I mean, it, uh, the effects of revival will. It'll happen in like Asbury and different things like that. But true revival happens internally in a person. You don't have to be afraid of revival. No matter what else happens, no matter what happens out there, if it's God, you don't want to be against it. I, I saw some guy quoting something about why the Asbury thing is ungodly. And I'm thinking, <laughs> whoa, you don't have, you don't have, wow, man, shut your mouth. <laughs> In the book of Acts, the question was asked one of the one of the actual spiritual Pharisees of the day, Gamaliel. There are people that are laying hands 
on people and doing all these kind of things, and, but they're not a part of us. And he said, but if they're of God and you come against them, then you're coming against God. We don't want to find ourselves doing that. But what we just read is that when we develop spiritual things, we have discernment. And that's key for the time we're living in. You don't have a spirit of discernment. You have the spirit of God who will give you discernment. And one of the nine manifestations of the spirit in 1 Corinthians 12 is the discerning of spirits and knowing what's God and what isn't God. That's what you and I need to know. That's why we need to develop we need to develop our relationship with God and knowing who we are and knowing that we're spirit, soul, and body, but we need our spirit man built up and strengthened so our spirit man is ruling over our soul and over our flesh. So my, from my spirit, under the direction of the Holy Spirit, my body is doing things that He wants me to do, going in directions that He wants me, making decisions that He wants me to make. Thanks for listening to today's episode. If you enjoyed it, we invite you to share it with someone in your life. We would love for you to connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. You can also download our app and stay connected to Gates and access to the Word of God anytime you need it. We are believing that the seed of today's Word is going deep in your heart and that you always remember God is more than enough in every situation of your life.